This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. One of the most underrated parts of a trip is that flight home. And that's why Delta Airlines tries to make you feel at home long before you even get there. Now, for somebody like me that's a homebody, feeling at home in the air is very valuable to me. And I love to curate that comfortable experience. And what I love about Delta is they have over a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. They have Wi-Fi so I can do anything else that I want to do on my devices. They have great food and drink, and it just creates a positive end to my trip. They have fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment, and they have premium food options and beverages like herbal teas, cold brew, sparkling wine, and more. All of the comforts that you'll find at home, you can find in a flight experience that feels made just for you. You may not be home yet, but Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit more like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media, an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny His way. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. This episode is coming out on time, praise the Lord, because <laughs> last week we was definitely out super late, um, but I really am excited about today's episode because we have a special, special guest. This is his second time on this show. If you guys want to hear kind of like his personal story, you could go back and listen to, I don't remember the number, but the title of it was Let's Talk About Growth, where we talked about just his journey to being, from being a bum to being a man of God. <laughs> but, oh, man. but I just want to welcome Thanks, back. Thanks, Tatum. <laughs> Thank you. Good. Grand introduction. But... Thank you. Thank you. No, it's a pleasure to. Be I didn't even back. introduce you, Shush. It's a pleasure to be back on the show. I didn't introduce you yet. I would like to introduce. I promise y'all, we not gonna play. He told me to don't don't be goofy once I hit record, and I definitely did the opposite. But anyway, I would like to introduce my boo, my husband, my future baby Zaddy, my best friend, all of those good things, my everything, my partner in crime. I can go on all day, but I want to introduce my boo, my CPA bae, my husband. Welcome hello, to the show, B. Thank you. Thank you again for bringing me on. Mm-hmm. And hello, listeners. Do uh honor this appearance on this trip, on this podcast. On this what? On this podcast. Lord, have you mercy. can edit that. We're not on tour no more, boo. Bet. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Get serious. Get serious. So today we're going to be talking about financially preparing for 2020. And I think that this is a really important topic because one of the things I know um, when I've always been praying to God about just wealth, because it's a certain lifestyle that I personally want to live. It's a lifestyle that I want my children to live. It's things that that I just want to do in this lifetime that requires wealth. I mean, I've been looking like, for example, on social media this weekend, 
Tyler Perry had like his grand opening for his studios. And what's so dope about his studios is he doesn't have any corporate sponsors, no partners, no venture capitalists. It's all funded by him. Own equity, own ownership. Yeah, exactly. So having that type of control over, so that means can't nobody tell Tyler he can't create nothing. Can't nobody tell him what it is that he's going to do with his studio. And I think, well, not I think, but in order to have that type of power, you have to have money. And I know for me, especially doing things of God, I don't want anybody or any entity to be able to come in and tell me that I have to do something differently than what God called me to do. And for me, the only what only makes sense to me or the only way to ensure that that makes sense to me is to make sure that I'm financially able to fund all of the things that God called me to do. And so one of the things that as I was I was praying about business and just over the years, really praying about business. I was just like, God, wealth, wealth, wealth was always something I was praying about, always praying on Deuteronomy 8.18, where it talks about he gave us the, the, he gives us the power to create wealth. And one of the things that God has shared with me in my prayers about money is that wealth doesn't, it's not like something that you're going to go to sleep, wake up and be a millionaire. I mean, God could do all things, so that may happen. But if you want to build wealth and if you want to build wealth that's sustainable, It comes from a series of making the right decisions, a series of doing things correctly. And we even last week or the other day talked about, um, I talked about how you sent me the message about the business going over the six figure mark this year. And And as I was talking about it on the show, I was like, it's so crazy. I wasn't really monitoring that. I was just praying and obeying, getting on my face, doing what God called me to do. And then eventually I look up. And all of those yeses amounted to the goal that I didn't have since I got into entrepreneurship years ago. And so I believe it's the same concept when it comes to um, wealth and just building up our businesses financially. It's, it's in the details. And I believe that you coming into my business, I remember I was praying and I was asking God, I was saying like, God, I need help in my business. I'm not going to be able to reach the financial goals that I want to reach by myself. And then one of the things that he shared with me was your biggest asset is in the house with you. Like you have to get your husband involved in your business. And I know for, for me, for pretty much our whole relationship, it was like business was separate. Mm -hmm. We talked about business, but not, it was more so of like status updates. Like one side of the convo. Yeah. A one-sided conversation. Cause I knew everything. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Pretty much. And so, um, I was like, okay. And God was just saying to get you involved. And you would always ask me like, how can I help? How can I help? Mm-hmm. But I, I, I guess that it was a pride thing. Like, no, nah, I'm good. Like I'm this independent woman. I'm about to build this thing. I don't, you know, whatever. It was definitely pride. But um, once God revealed that to me, I was like, okay. So then I talked to you about, it. of course you was like uh, girl, I've been here waiting for you to like <laughs> give me something to do. But I believe just from getting you involved, You've helped me so much as far as just making good decisions as far as my business is concerned. And so I wanted to do this episode so that we could be able to just talk about financially preparing our businesses because it's that time of year. It's fourth quarter. Everybody's planning for 2020. um, And I just believe that planning financially is important and also recognizing the mistakes that we're making now and that we've been making so we don't make them in 2020 is important as well. So one thing that we talked about prior to hit and record was we talked about having a financial vision. And I thought that was a really good point that you made because it, it kind of eliminates us 
being the super consumer that I talked about a few episodes ago, where mm-hmm. we just buying up everything and accumulating mm-hmm. all these expenses mm-hmm. because we don't have a clear vision of what it is that we're doing. So can you speak a little bit about um, having a financial vision? Yeah, so the vision, you just want to, and this is a good time to have the conversation since we're going into the year. You want to develop your goals. You want to kind of identify all the things that you're going to be doing different activities that's going to bring in resources and kind of map it out throughout the year. Once you're able to do that, you figure out, okay, this is my set of goals. What kinds of things do I need to put in place? What kind of investments or what kinds of investments do I need to make to ensure that these goals are met and maybe exceeded? So how do people then come up with those goals because I think it's easy to say oh I want to be a millionaire or I want to have a six-figure business but if we had like making a thousand dollars a year it's kind of a huge jump so how can we make like some realistic goals that we could work towards well you mentioned about being prepared you have to be prepared for your success so you you still have to look at your past performance Mm -hmm. and get an idea of what kinds of things you might have been able to expand on Mm-hmm. What were some some successes that you can, you know, put more into mm-hmm. uh, based on maybe conversations you've had with customers? What kinds of things are well received? Mm-hmm. And then you kind of focus on those. And okay. that gives you the, the sense or structure or guidance towards where you want to go. I think that's a good point. I hope you guys are taking notes. So the first step in coming up with this financial vision is to look at what's working in your business and so like he said having these conversations with your customers you can maybe offer them something like um 15 off their next order if they have a brief if they make a brief uh take a brief survey or something like that um paying attention to people's reviews and all of these different things i think is going to be a really good start in figuring out what your financial goals are or yeah, figuring out what those goals are because you got to know what's working and what's not. And, you know, I was thinking about just this morning, thinking about, uh, you know, what I want to do moving forward. And a lot of it comes down to economics. If there's demand, mm-hmm. you know, you can charge a certain amount for the demand because you know that it's something that consumers want. Right. And if there's a market for it, then use your skills and use what you can do best and incorporate other measures Mm -hmm. to give you advantages within the market as well so you know if you can talk to people and get a real solid understanding about your market your core uh followers your your in your case your listeners whoever and get an understanding of what the what their demands are Mm -hmm. then you move to meet those demands This episode is brought to you by Jenny Kane. Jenny Kane is a California lifestyle brand that inspires women to live well every day. From wardrobe essentials to all things that make a house a home, they create effortless staples without sacrificing style or comfort. They believe in simplicity, consistency, and building a personal uniform that lasts season after season. From their soft cashmere sweaters 
and iconic Italian-made mule slides to their ceramic dinnerware and cozy textile collection, these staples appeal to women who want classic pieces they can use to create a personal uniform, both in the design of their home and in the way that they dress each day. When it comes to my personal everyday attire, I like to be cute, but simple and comfortable. Jenny Kane sent me some items and I absolutely love the mules. They're super comfortable and they're perfect for fall. And they also sent me this really awesome candle that smells amazing. Like if y'all are a candle lover, get you a Jenny Kane candle because it smells fantastic. Jenny Kane is offering our listeners 20% off your first purchase with Jenny Kane using code BLESSED. Go to JennyKane.com, that's J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com or any of their seven store locations located across California, New York City, and Denver. Use offer code BLESSED for 20% off your order. That's offer code BLESSED for 20% off your order. Let's get back to the show. That's good. So... As they're having these conversations or looking into what's working in their business, not only looking at the feedback or what the customer thinks about their particular business, but also seeing what other demands will be there. There you go. I think that's good. Because I, yeah. I think that a lot of corporate industries do that really, really well. Like Apple is really good at innovation. So mm. they always are finding a way to <laughs> innovate like me on this new laptop right now just realized that there's no USB port and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. How do you get this show going? They're, like, they're what? Changing up the structure. Like, crazy. But uh, anyway, but yeah, asking your, your customers not only um, feedback for your business, but paying attention enough to see what that demand is. I think that's a good practice as we wind down the year because people are slowing down. People are... It's a good time for planning. You have to make some time to plan. Mm -hmm. around your business so that you're not always in the weeds so it's a really good time i think it's a good time for this podcast as well good okay so vision that's the first step y'all coming up with your financial vision what's our financial vision for 2020 we ain't talking uh, about it yet we're gonna have that conversation okay in a couple of weeks okay yeah all right cool maybe i'll update y'all after that because i'm like <laughs> we didn't even talk about that yet okay well hey Cool. You so got the slide. You ain't send me no calendar invite, BJ. I said we would do this show. This is a sidebar. I told her we would do this show after we had our conversation. Nope. She insisted, and here we are. We haven't <laughs> had our conversation, and now she's complaining. I can't win. So, <laughs> so here we are. All right. So maybe cool. we'll have a part two. That's fine. That's fine with me. All right, compromise. Deal? Our conversation will be a part two, so maybe there will be a part two to the podcast. See? So, yeah. Compromise. There we go. Come on, give me some credit. <laughs> All right, y'all. <laughs> All right, so after they had their vision, um, I know one thing in my notes was I wanted to talk about stewardship because that's a biblical principle. You know, God, this is blessed and bossed up. So, yeah, we are building these businesses and we're trying to build and create wealth, but we also need to do it with the biblical foundation. Um, and stewardship is a huge biblical principle. And I believe stewardship is something that's very important when it comes to finances because we can't go into 2020 with the same lack of stewardship that we have right now. And I know when you came into the finances of my business, I had terrible stewardship. And I mean, we gotta be real about this. There's a lot of people who talk about 
when it comes to building your business, all of these best practices. But most of the time, a lot of us don't really do it. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, my stuff was kind of all over the place and you came in and fixed it, but it was really all over the place. And um, so I wanted to talk about oh, wow. what? Go ahead. <laughs> you reminisce. I was just thinking and yeah, it has come a long way in the past few months. So, yeah. See, praise the Lord. I was tripping. <laughs> I would have probably made six figures and I had never known it. Probably had no money in the bank because I'm just out here thinking I need to invest it or anything. But hey. Yeah. But anyway. What are some of those mistakes that I made or entrepreneurs make in general? Yeah, so uh, one of the main things that people talk about all the time are uh, first, you know, when you make money and you start using the money from your business on your personal Mm -hmm. expenditure, you start paying your cable bill out of, you know, the earnings that you that you got from you know, a book sale. Maybe you, you launched a book, made some sales, and now you're paying for meals. You're taking people out to dinner, all that type of stuff. So mm-hmm. you have to really separate the money that you make from business and what you spend on yourself. Because when you look at it, I guess a good analogy is like a baby. If you have a baby and you have uh, food that you're supposed to feed the baby, Mm-hmm. You could, you know, liken that to the money that you make mm-hmm. from business activity. So if you have the food that you made or whatever and you eat it all, there's nothing for the baby to grow. Mm-hmm. So, good. yeah. So you want to have some of the money that you made to pour back into your business because it needs to operate. Right. You need to fund different activities, whatever it is, you need to pour that energy back into business so it can grow because Mm -hmm. if you keep snatching away a lot of the goals that you think that you want to get to you'll cut yourself short um another thing i could think about and this is not you directly Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) but you know other people i work with uh documentation so we talk about stewardship yeah if you go three four months down the line and then the question comes up about something that you did in January mm-hmm. and it's July, but you don't have any documentation. Now you're just relying on your own memory. Right. But if you have your documentation in place, you set up folders for different uh, bits of activity that you're going to go through within the year, you know, okay, I remember I got that receipt or I got an email confirmation that had the number, had the amount, had the date. Or I got a paper receipt and I took a picture and I emailed it to myself and then put it in that folder mm-hmm. on my computer. I know exactly what it's related to. I know when it happened and I know how much. Those are like some of the main things that you want to record as far as your documentation. So I heard receipts. What are some other things? Uh, invoices. Okay. Um. Uh, Invoices. What else can I do? Those are the main things. Invoices, email confirmations, because mm-hmm. sometimes you'll have the whole uh, picture of what happened, like the date, the amount, the the vendor, the service provider, whatever. They'll send you an email. Yeah. So there are different ways, but you just want to make sure that whatever it is, it has those things, the date, the amount, and what the purpose of it was for. Okay. You want to make sure that even... If it's not explicitly there, let's mm-hmm. say it's a receipt that you got 
at a business meal, a real business meal. <laughs> right. <laughs> not us just going that, out on a date. <laughs> right. It might have the name of the company. It might not. But you want to, if it doesn't say it explicitly, you might want to just write it on there before you take a picture and send it to yourself. Okay. For safekeeping. Okay. Got you. So stewardship. And y'all, I like to recap. <laughs> if y'all don't know if you take a note so stewardship keep your documentation so have your receipts keep your invoices what about contracts contracts work oh, for that definitely too. Yeah. yeah don't let me forget I, I yeah i was thinking invoices but contract definitely yeah you want to keep hold of the contract so again you don't want to uh you know get to a situation where you don't know what the other person is going to perform they don't know what you're going to give in return. And then there's confusion. You want to mm-hmm. keep that documentation. So if months go by, you say, oh, that happened on this date for this purpose. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pull up the contract. And these are the terms that we agreed upon. And it also, if like something comes up, if somebody tries to do like a chargeback or something, because the banks always side with the, the customer. Mm-hmm. They just gonna take your money right out your account and then be like, well, That's you gotta point. prove it to me in order to get your money back. So it's important for us to have this. And that happens a lot, mm-hmm. especially with, with those of us who sell digital products. People will buy the product and then do a chargeback and you'd be like, hold on, what? You got it, bro. Like it's digital, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> or for anything, like, I mean, you even think about how people go to the mall, they buy stuff, wear it, bring it back or whatever. Like there's always some type of hustle involved financially so for you guys that's listening if you don't have contracts in place in your business you have to get that type of documentation because you want to protect your baby you have to protect yourself and something else that you said was making sure that you have money to to feed your baby and i think that's something that um when you came on we kind of went through that transition period because for so long i was used to just having enough in the business, like money will come in in the business and then I will have what I have for like my uh, living expenses. But like there wasn't a lot left over, especially when I had cut off my uh, coaching program. It was like, OK, it's real skip in these streets. But then once things started taking a turn and now I have more than enough. I was like, okay, I don't really know how to handle this mm. now. Like, my baby is fat. <laughs> <laughs> my baby, my baby fat. So, like, <laughs> what do I do now? Like, how do I, like, what does that look like now? And one thing we talked about was um, putting me on a salary. And I believe that's something that for you guys that you should take a look at as well. Even when I was preparing to leave my job, one of the things that my business coach and I talked about was coming up with that survival number. And I think this is important for anybody who is trying to leave your nine to five or um, just trying to be better with your finances in general, coming up with that survival number. How much does it cost for you to live? And also how much does it cost for your baby, your business to survive? And that's how much you need to be making if you think you're about to leave your job. Your business need to be able to live and you need to be able to live. And if those if you're not making enough for those two numbers, you need to stay at work. Now, my situation was different because God said go. So I had to be obedient um, and do that. And I was, you know, of course, he's a provider. So he provided for me. But me having that mentality, though, of like that survival survival number. Then once I had more than enough, it was kind of like. Okay, where do I go from here? And I think this is where you really have to make sure that you have an accountant. I, that was going to be a question that I asked you, but I, I'm answering it as I'm talking. I think 
uh, a good point that you need to make sure that you're at or a, a, a good indicator that is really time for you to bring on an accountant is once you get to that point where you need to come up with like your salary, where it's time to make financial decisions, if that makes sense. Because a lot of times people, I, I do believe you need an accountant from day one, but if we being real, everybody can't afford one. Right. I didn't have one from day one because it was, I didn't have no money for that. Like, so for us to always be like, get an accountant from day one, we'll let's, get into let's that. be real. We'll get it's into it's that not, everybody's show, not going to be able to do that. Yeah, good point. So, um... Or it's time for you to make those decisions. You have to bring an accountant on. You have to bring somebody else on. Because if I was to be like, what's Tatum's salary? Tatum would be <laughs> making way more than she make, okay? But now having you, like, okay, BJ, what do I need to, what's my salary? And then you looking at my business and saying, okay, this is what you can afford to pay yourself. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I think I could have gotten more than what I get paid right now. But I said, you know what? We about to go on tour, it's going to be expensive. This is a new venture. We don't know like what's going to come up. It might be super, you know, more expenses than we anticipate. So just in case. And there were. And there were. Because <laughs> we wasn't, this tour was not no cheap tour. We didn't go to like no uh, Motel 6s and do this. We was at like four or five star hotels in every city. Because I believe that you should have that level of experience when you're doing things for God. But nevertheless, I was like, okay, make my salary less so that the business has more for whatever may come up in each of these cities. And so we were able to do that. I mean, there were people we sponsored to come and, and things like that. We did a lot of giving during the tour as well. And so um, that was a decision I kind of like stepped in and was like, nah, babe, I need less money. But now I'm like, okay, BJ, we're not doing as many live events. Like, so when we have our meeting and we talk about my salary again, I got my case for it. I want more money. <laughs> so, look, so look, Friday was payday. Yeah. How did that feel? It felt good because I got a, a little bonus. Okay. All right. I so, got a little bonus. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, boo. Thank audio boom. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because uh, that sponsor check came in and I said, oh, okay. That's what we doing. There you go. Yes, praise the Lord. All right, anyway, back to stewardship. <laughs> amen, amen. This episode is also brought to you by Zapier. As you guys know, one of my 2020 goals is to automate as much as possible in my business so that I'm spending my time on the things that yield the best return on investment. Also, as we're talking about finances, Zapier is so important for connecting everything in your business. When you're running your own business, your to-do list is never ending. You know you can automate many of the tasks that you do, but you don't necessarily know how. So that's where Zapier comes in. Zapier is the easiest way to automate your work. It connects all of your business software and handles the work for you so you can focus on the things that matter most. No more wasting your time on tasks that you know can be automated because that's what Zapier was built to do. Just go to our special link, zapier.com slash blessed, connect the apps you use most, and let Zapier take it from there. Z-A-P-I-E-R dot com slash blessed. Join more than 4.5 million people who are saving an average of 40 hours per month by using Zapier. Right now through November, try Zapier for free by going to our special link, zapier.com slash blessed. That's Z-A-P-I-E-R dot com slash blessed for your 14-day free trial. Zapier.com slash blessed. Let's get back to the show. 
back to stewardship. So, um, so yeah, having an accountant, making sure we have those receipts and making sure that we have different documentation. What are some softwares and stuff that people could use? Cause like I said, a lot of us are in the beginning doing a lot of this stuff ourselves. That's a good point. And I know Tatum was mentioned before that I'm very frugal when it comes to certain things. Oh, frugal. So that's cute. There you have, <laughs> there you have cheap. <laughs> Uh, software is like QuickBooks is what comes to mind when you think about accounting and I guess popularity. Yeah. One thing I use is Wave. W A V E dot com. Trip too hard. Don't stand. Like, okay. No. <laughs> so Wave. Uh, let me just make sure I have Wave apps actually. So Tatum can put it in the show notes if anybody's interested. Wave is an accounting system similar to QuickBooks has its own unique features. And I find it, uh, you know, there's some things that you get adjusted to, but it's a nuance with a different system. And once you get adjusted, it behaves like any other system, any other accounting software that, uh, you know, you would use for a small business. So I yeah. think it's a pretty good one, it's free. There are other ones that I've looked into. I haven't jumped ship yet because you know, I'm still putting this to use and I don't want mm -hmm. to be all over the place testing different apps when I don't necessarily have the need at the moment. But um, yeah, that's Wave Apps is a good, uh, good platform to use. They have the features that you can use on your phone where you can, you know, take pictures of your expenses. Like receipts and stuff? Yeah, okay. different things like that. And it kind of syncs into the system overall. Oh, I think cool. there's a revenue application as well. They're two separate uh, revenue and expense applications, but they sync to the same system. Okay. There's a feature that syncs right with PayPal, uh, oh, wow. even though you know, that's a whole other podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it has a lot of good features and I find it very helpful. I find it that I find that I'm not missing a beat, even though it's free. And I mm -hmm. think that you can upgrade to have like a, professional accountant or CPA, mm -hmm. you know, kind of manage it for you. Of course, I, I don't do that. Um, you can also upgrade to have 24 seven, um, technical support. Yeah, exactly. Technical okay. support. So yeah. Things like I, that. Um, another one that I used before prior to you was fresh books. Fresh books was similar to QuickBooks. Um, yeah, it, it, they're competitors, so similar. So there's those are some options for you guys who are in the beginning stages and managing some things by yourself, FreshBooks, QuickBooks, and then Wave. Another thing that came to mind about just being a, a good steward over your finances is, and Raven talked about this when she was on the show, is constantly evaluating your expenses. And I know that a conversation that we've had is about PayPal and we've been in talks of like switching to a new payment processor just because as we're evaluating a bunch of different things and the efficiency, the fees and all of these things, like, is this really working for the business? Is there something that's better that we could find? And so that's a conversation that we've been having, but just constantly looking at your expenses. And I know you was even like, Hey, why are you paying, um, um, who's it? Wix. It's like, why are you paying Wix so much money every month? And I'm like, I got like all these websites operating at one time, but it reminded me to go back and be like, okay, which one of these can I delete? Or you can consolidate some of them. Yeah, I can. That's something I need to do. So we see, we haven't had our meeting yet, y'all, but that's something that I can do. Um, but yeah, stuff like that. Even your emails, how many emails do you have? 
can you eliminate in some of those emails or maybe consolidate them as well so you're not spending unnecessary money because that little five and ten dollars here and there like that stuff adds up really really quickly so something else that you guys should really be doing right now is going back over all of your expenses everything that you're spending money on monthly and getting rid of the stuff and some stuff you could pause like there's a software that i got that i was so mad i forgot to cancel it but I was going to use it for a web a webinar I was doing for podcasting, but I pushed it back because it was I was a bit overwhelmed with everything. But I could have just canceled that until I was ready. Then I ended up paying an extra hundred dollars because I forgot. So also making sure that you're having that time in where you're evaluating these things. And if something got to get put on pause because you're not using it for the next six months for whatever reason, then cancel it for six months and then get it later. Now you just saved yourself some money over that six month time period as opposed to just being like, oh, it's cool because I'm going to need to use it later. Oh, cancel that drive right now and, and save the money. So, yeah, you guys, being a good steward is important. Also, like when we talk about uh, storing documentation, you could be simple and use Google Drive. You could go on your Google Drive, create folders for different expense items, mm-hmm. drop them in there. They have that that feature where you don't have to share it with others mm-hmm. unless you choose to share it with other people. And I think uh, people have Outlook, Microsoft Outlook. It's called OneDrive, and uh-huh. it works the same way as Google Drive. So use your email and the storage that the email provides you to store your own documentation and it's always there it's free Mm -hmm. and just put it in and keep moving that's good that's good yeah i love google drive i never thought about using it for like accounting stuff i use it more so like it's a layman's way you can you can do it a lot of organizations and it's usually free until you get to a certain storage level then it's maybe like two dollars a month i think microsoft the outlook version of email would be an upgrade from Google. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot better features, but mm-hmm. it's like a layman's way to to store your information. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of businesses that do it. So another thing we talked about too was the importance of like separating your uh personal, like you were saying earlier, from your mm-hmm. business. And I, I wanted to emphasize that point that if you guys do not have a business account open up an account for your business. I know like ours is with Wells Fargo and with Wells Fargo, it's like cost 25 bucks to open up the account. I've had it since 2015. It's only $25 to open up the account. So I just took 20, 25 bucks that I had and opened up the account. If you keep a certain amount in there, you don't have um, any fees. So um, if you're able to then keep a certain amount of money in there, or let's say if I don't know what it is, what the amount is but let's say if it's a hundred dollars and they say that you need to keep a hundred dollars or we're going to charge you a 15 dollars fee if you have a hundred dollars put a hundred dollars into that account and just leave it there and so that way now you have your business account you have your stuff separated and you don't have to worry about paying like you say paying your phone bill with your business account Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah i just wanted to make sure that point was emphasized separate your stuff do not go into the new year with your stuff still together, separate it. Because let's talk, let's actually segue into tax time. Because when your stuff not separated, like I know when we were doing our taxes, because this year was the first year we were married doing taxes. And uh, <laughs> he's shaking his head, y'all. So like, 
<laughs> we did taxes for 2018 together. On April 14th. On April 14th, because y'all know we got married in, in 2018, so we filed married taxes for 2018. So, like, BJ asked me all these questions, and I'm like... <laughs> Oh no! Send me, <laughs> Send me colorful this. emails. <laughs> has this item and some number. Like, where's the stuff coming from, man? Yeah. So he was asking, like, well, what was your expenses? What was this? So I was kind of going off of memory, like you said. I'm going off memory, like, okay, I know I pay for my websites every month. So let me add that up, and my emails. Let me add that up, and I have this software. Let me add that up. So I was really going off of memory when it came to that came to that stuff and that's just i started remembering more things than she did towards the end of the night (laughs) and then tatum here goes to sleep (laughs) still filing taxes still still got questions to ask she's over it so i was through okay i was like good riddance Keep documents, people. But keep, keep documents, yeah, keep the moral of the story is that I'm being open about my foolishness because it's real. And a lot of us do that, but it's so important that we get our stuff together and we make sure that we have our documentations. Now, when we go to do 2019 taxes, now that I have you on board, it's easy. All of my stuff is in. look right on Wave. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of, uh, on your 1099 tax form, you'll see a lot of the different tax items you're going to have those already available the amounts are going to be ready mm-hmm. you know month to month so annual amounts are going to be available for the whole 2019 and it's simple it's a lot simpler is a lot less uh you know relying on your memories a lot mm-hmm. less that you forget because mm-hmm. there were some expenses that we didn't include mm-hmm. so yeah it's going and to be it, a lot easier even now that i'm thinking about it for those of you guys who are at that place where you're doing a lot of this stuff yourself, it's even more important for you to keep this stuff up. So once you go to hire that accountant, you have all of your ducks in a row. Yes. And you you might even, if you had, depending on your relationship with your accountant, you might be able to reduce the cost or the, the charge that they would charge you if mm-hmm. you have all your stuff to where they don't have to spend time sorting it out. Mm-hmm. So that's another good That's thing. what I was going to say. That's a money saver right there. That's a hack right yeah. there for saving money. Yeah. Keep your documents in order. That's stuff that we can do. Mm-hmm. And that's stuff we need to do anyway because you need to know the financial state of your business at all times. Mm-hmm. You need to know like, oh my gosh, I'm one uh whatever away from not having a business. Like these are things that we have to know. But yeah, that money hack is have your stuff in order so when you go to an accountant, it's easy for them, which means it's cheaper for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think we kept it pretty simple. Is there anything else you think people need to do to prepare for 2020 before our part two of this <laughs> <laughs> after we have our meeting? Preparation is key. Uh, so, I mean, I want to turn the table on you a little bit. So, oh, after... I thought this was my show. It is. <laughs> it still is. <laughs> All right, go ahead. So after, you know, you you found out that you had some really good success this year. Yeah. Do you think that it was a really heavy load? No. Yeah, because prep that I'm just saying that because preparation is key. So yeah. you don't just wake up overnight and you think that you're going to reach this financial goal mm-hmm. unless you're ready. Mm-hmm. And then when you are ready, it kind of happens without you necessarily knowing. 
-hmm. and also with a lot less of the effort and energy mm -hmm. uh, waste or energy use that you thought you might have to go through. You kind of went through your routine, you went through your progressions, and then you kind of see this this abundance of mess. So Yeah, I thought making six figures was a lot harder than it is. It's really not that hard. And I think uh, one thing that I've learned is the importance of diversifying your revenue streams. Because when we look at the tour budget or the tour finances, the tour was successful. Um, but one thing I wasn't used to was how the expenses, because I'm used to doing so many things online. And to where when you do a lot of things digitally, that overhead is very low. So we got this tour, we're paying for four people to travel across the country. That's hotels, that's flights, that's the rooms, that's the AV cost that's separate from the room charge for the venue. Then you got food and beverage minimums for some places. Then you have um, food and things while you're there. But when you eat and dinners and stuff while you're there, all of these different things cost. Ubers to and from the airport, all of this. Rental cars. Rental cars. We had a rental car in where, Atlanta? Yep. Yep. Rental cars. Um, just... I left it running too. That was crazy. I left it running during the whole event and never realized it. <laughs> if we would have had to buy a car, you would have had to square up. <laughs> like we had to replace I left that it rental running, car. Wasn't paying any attention. Yeah, I was were, doing the AV. Yeah, you were doing a lot. Putting supplies up and I was like, hold on, I never parked the car. Never took the keys out. You win. That's why in DC, I was like, okay, BJ needs an assistant. Um, <laughs> so we need an extra volunteer because BJ need help. But uh, but yeah, it was a lot of um, it was a lot of expenses. But then what really was awesome was having all of these other revenue streams that were not expense heavy. So we looking at like talked about audio boom. So when that those advertising coins hit, oh, this is beautiful because it ain't no money. It's no expense attached to this aside from what we do, what we use, or what we pay mm -hmm. to do any other podcast. So now we got all of these this money coming in. That doesn't have to go out anywhere. Amen. So really diversifying your revenue streams, you guys, is important. And knowing where the bulk of your money come from. And so for me, what I've learned, though, is with live events, there's a different, this because these were my first live events. Even though it was very expense heavy, it was a quality to it that I think that I would want to just continue to do. Because in today's climate, there are a lot of people who rely heavily on digital stuff. And especially when it comes to the podcast, it's a lot of audio and you're listening to me. But I, it was something special about being able to meet people in person and hear right. their stories and have breakfast with the VIPs and for them to know like, hey, I'm just a regular person and to just talk to them like, you know, get to so, know them like so. we was friends. You know what I mean? Yep. It's, it's something special. So now for me going into 2020, what I learned is live events are very profitable. Even like when we look at the retreats, because the retreat and the tour are different types of events. The retreat is a very profitable event that's less costly than the tour. So looking at that, it's automatic. Like, oh, bet, next year we're doing more retreats mm -hmm. because it's it's a huge profit margin, even though it's still a live event. But then looking at the tour, it's like, okay, this one's more intimate. It is more costly. So yes, I want to still do something in this capacity next year, but we're going to have to adjust it a little bit in order to um, be able to accommodate that top heaviness. Or may I may offer something else that's strictly digital that'll help subside some of those costs. Or I'll get a sponsor and they'll pay for it. But just this is a part of kind of looking at 
what worked and what didn't work. And it's not always just about the money though. That's why I wanted to use the tour as an example because the tour, while it was great, it was profitable. It's, it wasn't profitable to the amount of like, I would like it something to be. So, um, but looking at it, like I said, just how the non-monetary benefits of it, I would definitely do it again. Mm -hmm. But now it's just time to prepare yep. in a different way to be able to subside or offset a lot of those costs. And also looking at the things we did spend money on and saying like, okay, what can we chop down? Because <laughs> I know like the first in Dallas, it was four of us. Me, you, Kavaya, and Jessica, our planner. Atlanta, Jessica couldn't come. And so we had like an on-site person. Mm -hmm. um, and what was after Atlanta, Chicago? I said, yo, Jess, you got to stay home. <laughs> like, because <laughs> I was like, look, I think we could handle it. Like, we've done this twice. I'm trying to save money on your flight in your room. So do you mind staying home? She was like, no problem. She stayed home. D.C., of course, it was cheaper because nobody was traveling for real. But just but being able to just look and make those adjustments and then we'll go into in our meeting more detail about Definitely. all of the costs. So we know next year if we do a tour or the way that we'll do the tour, what would make more sense. But I'm glad we had this money conversation because I just think it's important to talk about. And I think it's important to say, like, especially making that uh, or revealing that we reached our six figure goal. Being able to say like, yeah, y'all, we reached this goal. We crossed this threshold that I'm so excited about. And it wasn't hard. Mm -hmm. It was not hard at all. The year isn't over. The year is not over because we still got stuff to do. Mm -hmm. You know, we got two retreats coming up. It's the year is not over. I think we're going to end off the year really well, though. Yep. But it's important to say it's not hard. And it just came from pe preparation and just correcting mistakes and and being consistent with that correcting mistakes for me meant bringing in a cpa which thank god is my husband and somebody that i trust so now you could go into the the business and you could tell me what to do and then me making better decisions based on your professional advice so sure i thought it was really really important to um say that and then even with the business we're able to look at your stuff and be like okay boo you ain't gonna be working too much longer now <laughs> So it's another podcast. That's another podcast because <laughs> we do need to talk about just the conversations we've had about you leaving your it's a job. Good idea. Yeah. That would that would be a really good show mm -hmm. from because we had to look at a lot of stuff: retirement, um, health insurance, sure. yeah. all of good these idea. different things to prepare. Because we grown, grown now. Like we ain't like no little early twenties. That well, guys, looks like I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> you might be back and talk about that because that's that's real. I went through, you know, me leaving my job, but more so like we were in a relationship, but we weren't married. So like we talked about it, but I still could do what I want. <laughs> but then now being married and now we have one person who has a full time and then one person who's self-employed. And now you're moving into entrepreneurship and, and to the self-employment thing so it's like okay well what conversation what does that conversation look like i think people really married couples and, and people in general will really benefit from that I so agree. we'll definitely have you back to talk about that so of course we're coming up on time but before we go tell everybody about this freebie that you put together yes i don't want to take up too much of anybody's time but um you know one thing that i wanted to kind of talk about a few things i wanted to talk about today where, you know, when you do actually engage with an, with an accountant, 
it's really good for you to understand what you really want. You know, some people, they might want their financial statements to be prepared. Uh, you might want to deep dive into the financial health of your business. You might just want audit. You might want taxes to be, to be prepared. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's important first to understand what you want from an accountant. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, you want to understand accounting overall and the financial state of your business yeah and okay so you want to understand how accounting relates to your business mm -hmm. i guess that's a better way yeah. to put it so i put together a document and it's a spreadsheet it has some automatic calculations uh really it takes you through the progression of kpis key performance indicators. So I think that, again, this is a good time to have this podcast mm -hmm. because it's a good time to think about the year coming up. So when you think about a, a key performance indicator, it tells you how you're matching up against goals that you've set. Mm -hmm. It's basically a comparison. And I know uh, one of the most common comparisons that you have are return on investment mm -hmm. that's a ratio but it, it serves as a kpi serves mm -hmm. as something that you use to measure up against your performance so this document that i have has a tab where you actually set annual sales projections that way you identify before the year comes up what sales do i want to achieve throughout the year mm -hmm. january through december Q1 through Q4, item number one, item number five, what am I expecting to get? Mm -hmm. So that way, throughout the year, you have a reference point to, to compare your actual results to what you had the vision for initially. Mm -hmm. So that's one tab. So then it also takes you down the line. Once you develop the sales projections, you have to figure out what you're going to pour into your business to achieve that goal, to achieve yeah. those goals. You have to have some kind of activity and those activities usually come with cost. Right. So when you set, when you identify all the different amounts of costs, like your, your rent, maybe you have a space that you use and what, what kind of business can you think of uh, that's common among? Let's say like a therapy practice now that we're talking about space. Okay. So a therapy practice, let's say I want to have 50 clients mm -hmm. um, in 2020. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about space. So now how much so was that office about, space going to yeah, cost? So you think about like some of the expenses that you're going to incur mm -hmm. to get the 50 clients. You want to have a, a space where they feel free mm -hmm. and safe to communicate with you. So that's going to be your own space that comes with the cost. Right. You're going to have some kind of system where you track your appointments, that even if it's a website, as simple as a website that comes with a cost. So those are the types of things that you need to operate. So when you identify all those things that you need to invest, you match that up with your sales projection you've created an operating budget. Okay. So this operating budget that you develop before the year actually turns to January 1st, mm -hmm. it gives you, again, something to compare against. And now you identify the things that you need to do, the activities that you need to engage to reach these goals. Mm -hmm. And you also set a limit for yourself as far as other expenses. So when you identify what your operating budget should be, 
when it comes time to actually doing things, you don't exceed the expense budget that you set or you don't start uh, buying new items that you didn't think that you needed in the first place before uh, actually evaluating how these are going to help you get to your goals. I think that's that's really good. And and I think that goes back to stewardship, too. Mm Even mm-hmm. as you're doing this operating budget. So the document he has, you guys, is a Excel spreadsheet. It's auto-populated. So you literally, all the little um, formulas and things are already in there. So all you got to do is put, let's say I want to sell using small numbers. I'm going to have 50 clients. You put 50 in there. You put how much each of those people cost. Let's say if you want to have... Uh, 50 sessions, I don't know. And each session costs $100. You Or you might have different sessions and you say uh, session gold, session platinum. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You could populate that into the um, spreadsheet and then it'll tell you your operating budget. So all of this stuff, this formulas and everything are pre-populated. So all you got to do is pop it in. But to your point, though, uh, this now that you have this vision, because we started off by talking about vision, you're able then to um, use this to determine where when you're off track. Because mm-hmm. I think once we get through the year, after we get to the top of the year and things calm down, we get into like Q2 a little bit, then it's easy to get off track yep. to what you said your vision yep. was. So having this operating budget is important because if I said that I my main focus for 2020, my vision is to have this amount of clients. Now, if I'm out here creating online courses, yeah, that's going to make me a couple of dollars, but is this investment then to do this taking away from what I said that I was going to mm, do? Mm. Or am I spending money unnecessarily on this to where if I would have just taken the time and the money I'm spending on doing this thing that made sense in my head right. and apply it on the thing that I said I was going to do, now I can increase the revenue that I made for that year. So just this operating budget, you guys, is really important because not only is it going to dictate or help you have a, a framework for where you're where you're going to spend your money on and have an idea of what it takes to make what it is you say that you want to make in 2020 but it also is a good um document to hold you accountable yeah yeah and but how often though babe after they do this should they revisit it okay so yeah um i'll just start from where i left off so after you have your operating budget together it gives you the basis for your accounting system. And we laughed about this before the show. Uh, It gives you the different categories of Mm -hmm. expenses, revenue that you're going to look to utilize throughout the year. Mm -hmm. So let's say uh, if you, if you look at stuff court on a quarterly basis, if you see that the categories that you outlined at the beginning of the year Let's say the expense categories continue to increase. You keep on increasing new expenses that you didn't plan for. Mm-hmm. That's an indicator that, you know, maybe I'm doing something wrong if I'm adding these different types and categories of expenses and I'm not adding the same number of revenue types and categories. Mm-hmm. That could be an indicator that you need to, you know, look back at what you're doing, take a look at your processes and see what's going on. But, uh, you know, once you derive these categories, I would say that you want to, uh, you know, start populating the actual numbers 
on a weekly basis at least. That would okay. that would be a great idea. We start populating on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. And then the way that this spreadsheet is broken down, it shows you on a monthly, quarterly, and annual. So once you get enough information to where you have your total amounts mm-hmm. for the month, you can start there and start looking, okay, it, you know, I plan to make a hundred dollars this month. Well that's Let's let's do it big. I plan to make okay ten thousand yeah, five thousand dollars this month 10. for this item and another <laughs> seven thousand for this other item, and then the okay. the month goes through and you start punching in all the numbers. Mm-hmm. When you compare, you know you're able to see all right. January's over. What do I need to do for February and March so that my Q one is met? So yeah. it gives you it gives you that kind of perspective. Would it be good to use this document too for I know we're using it to plan for the new year, but would it be good to kind of use it with this year's numbers to help you see like what's realistic for you? So if I'm using it, let's say for my passive income streams and I do God is my CEO journal, less than boss the book. I put in what I Definitely. made from each every month. Yeah, so now when I'm doing it to plan for 2020, yeah. I can say, okay, I put in this amount of effort to make this amount of money. Now I'm going to actually project that I'm going to make, let's say 20% more. But now I need to, like you said, put in my cost. What's 20% more as far as cost goes to make 20%. So I think in addition to using this document for your 2020 planning, use it for what you did this year too. So you could... You could get a side by side because I think we we get. That's how we started the podcast. It's a good use your historical performance as another baseline to set your vision Mm -hmm. because that tells you the truth about your business up to that point. And then once you kind of refine all that information into what do I want to do next year? Mm -hmm. Once you refine all that information, that's when you can start thinking forward. Mm -hmm. What do I need to do? to promote this if i need to uh improve my marketing spend some money on ads or something like that that type of thing Mm -hmm. so once you refine what you've done up to this point you definitely want to use that you don't want to just start from scratch Mm -hmm. so that's definitely a good starting point okay cool well babe thank you so much for being on the show you guys this document that we were discussing it's available it's free the link is in the show notes for you to download it um it's probably going to be titled business budget and coa so no nah, have... we're gonna change that title <laughs> I'm telling y'all right now, it's going to be called something else. So, <laughs> so the link to it, whatever it's going to be called, is in the show notes so that you guys could download it and start using that. If they have any questions or anything, are you available to answer questions? I will uh, share my contact information in the show notes. And anybody, feel free to send me a question if you have something general, something specific, and we'll see how to help you out. Okay. Awesome. Y'all, make sure you're asking accounting questions, okay? I don't want no smoke. Shaking my head. Y'all holler at my husband, okay? Shaking my head. (laughs) But yeah, that wraps up another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.